3: Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Mellow Compass podcast series two. After much popular demand, this is an episode focused on marketing. Mina has just been promoted to project manager at AWOL. She has led marketing campaigns for Boy in Space, The Wombats, MXM Tomb, Sam Henshaw and many, many more artists. Mina did anything and everything to work in music when she arrived in the UK six years ago, starting with studying music industry management in London and achieving a first. Mina is proof that passion, persistence, perseverance and of course hard work really do pay off. And in 2020, she was also recognised by Music Week as one of their rising stars. Thanks so much, as always, for hitting play. On this podcast and please do subscribe and leave us a rating it does really help us move up the charts and spread these stories to more and more listeners. Mina, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast Uh, and you're speaking to us today from a Norwegian quarantine room. This is the
4: first time I'm actually in one but um I can't complain. It's all right, but it's just very boring.
3: How how much longer are you in there for?
4: Uh well, I'm hoping to get a negative test result today. And if I get that, then I can do the rest of my quarantine at like my home uh well, my parents' home in Norway. So hopefully just one more day, but we'll see. But technically
3: it's a it's at least seven days in quarantine, um, either at a hotel or at um, at home. Got it. Okay. So to kick off, we have a couple of warm-up questions for you. So tell us, when you're not working at AWOL, where would we typically find you? I was thinking about this, and I think there's there's two sides to this answer now, because we're
4: obviously in the middle of a pandemic. But pre-COVID, you'd probably find me at gigs. I was very much a savage gig-goer. I was very thankful to, obviously, when I saw AWOL, I was started as an assistant, and I got to go to every single show, pretty much. And I just love live music one of the reasons why i love music so that's probably where you just find me most typically now during covid on a sofa watching a film or a show
3: at home yeah i've actually started um
4: well cycling recently so that's quite fun but you know i think we're just now easing into a little bit more of a normal day-to-day stuff so Trying to get out there and see people, but yeah, probably on the sofa watching a film, to be honest.
3: Any particular film that you've enjoyed recently or soundtracks from films that you've enjoyed recently? Oh, that's a very good question. I'm good at watching shows and watching new shows, but I'm very bad
4: at um, watching new films. So I tend to just rewatch films that I really like. I can't really recommend a film because I just keep rewatching classics.
3: Obviously, you're working at AWOL. You, we work with a variety of artists. Do you have any go-to summer tracks that you recommend our listeners, either going back and listening to from previous summers or any that you're super excited about coming out this summer in 2021? I'm very much like a soundtrack to your life type of person. There's always music that go back to a summer
4: um, that are said sad or something like that. And um, I was thinking about this yesterday, and I think my go-to summer tracks are Kim Petra's, track which is an act i've been working with for the last few years but it's just really really fun pop music and that's kind of what i love other than that um a lot of really like classic norwegian summer music so um hard to explain to him whether it isn't from norway but it's very much like sing-along songs in norwegian that everyone knows and you can like sing it at a pub or around a bonfire or blasted it like when you're at the beach or something so I think that's kind of my normal music. And then obviously what is current at the moment. I don't think I've found my summer track yet for this year. There's a lot of really good stuff out there and like new music coming out obviously every week, but I haven't found that the the summer of 2021 track yet, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I find like when a track comes out and you hear it for the first time, you know instantly if you love it. It's just like, oh my God, what is that?
4: Honestly, my playlists are such a mess. My playlists go just seasons. And it's always just new music. I'm not one of those people that kind of like will have a playlist with all the songs on it. I'll have a playlist and I probably fill it to like 50, 60 track. And then I get to a point where I'm like, right, I'm done with these tracks now. And then I start a new one as normally goes very much like by season. But yeah, so I'll listen to the shit out of that playlist uh, until I kind of get sick of those songs. And then I'll start a new one, which maybe isn't the most typical kind of music industry person to do, but. I've always been, like, I listen to music based on how they make me feel and not maybe necessarily who the artist is or I'm not, I'm a, I'm a track person. I'm not an album person. I can really much enjoy a full album. And I think there's a lot of really amazing albums out there, but I'm very much like a track by track or a single, but it could be any genre. It just needs to kind of give me some sort of emotion if that's happy, sad, excited,
3: So you are originally from Norway and you're currently in Norway right now, even though it's in a quarantine room. What was it about the UK that you chose to come here and study and start your career? I think for me, honestly, it wasn't just one thing. It it was.
4: I I didn't always know that I wanted to be in the music industry. I have always loved music and I always I think as a lot of us in the music industry, I used to play and I used to sing and write and stuff like that. I kind of knew that that wasn't going to be a career path for me. But I've always had this fascination over the UK, especially London. I was a huge McFly fan, (laughs) which isn't embarrassing. It's fine. I was a huge McFly fan. So by the age of 13, I was on all these kind of MySpace and all these online just chat rooms with tons of people from, from the UK. And then I went over to London and I just completely fell in love with it when I was like 14, 15. And I was like, I'm going to live here one day. And then by the time I kind of got to, what, 18, 19, I was thinking about where to study. It kind of, for me, was just natural. And then also what knew I wanted to study music. London was kind of a given. I'd lived a year in in the US and didn't want to go back there. Obviously, that is an amazing music industry there as well. And I didn't really want to go to like Sweden or Berlin. Um, And Australia, again, was also a little bit too far away. So for me, London was kind of, one of the biggest music markets in the world and then it was like a city I'd kind of fallen in love with previously and I really wanted to explore more so yeah that was maybe a very long winded version of why I ended up in the UK but I came to London to study um, and then just stayed on so it'll be seven years in September.
3: Wow time flies.
4: Oh god tell me about it.
3: So you came to the UK to study music industry management at a London university Came away with a first class honours, which is very impressive. Do you think that, you know, for anybody coming into the music industry and, you know, coming into marketing, was that degree really beneficial to where you are now?
4: It's really funny. Me and some of my like peers from uni, we've had so many conversations about this over the year of how impactful that degree actually was. And to many of my peers, it wasn't. And a lot of them just think it was a waste of time and a waste of money. But I would say for me, it was very, very beneficial, just in the sense of I knew I wanted to work in the music industry, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So this course kind of um, introduced me to all the different like areas of the music industry that you can work in. Um, we had like a management class, we had an art class, we had music law, we had pretty much normal marketing, and like just every kind of aspect of the industry. And it kind of just introduced me to all these different things. But I think one of the most important reasons for it for me was networking and getting the help of someone from uni that knows people in the music industry to kind of get jobs, um, to get work experience and stuff like that. And that was definitely the most beneficial thing, I think, from the experience. I had a few lecturers who kind of got me work opportunities and stuff like that, which also, again, one, is very important for building your CV when you're trying to get into the music industry. But for me, it was also actually the way I figured out what I wanted to do. It wasn't really until the last year that I knew I wanted to do marketing. And hadn't I kind of done that process of studying it for three years and done all the work experience, I think I would have been a person maybe easily could have kind of just fallen into something and then down the line, I wouldn't have actually enjoyed it and would have then had to kind of restart the process of getting into the section of the industry I wanted to work in. So I think it's very, again, very a personal thing and it, it depends who you are and it also depends what previous experience you have if you do have any contacts already in the music industry and and elements like that but for me obviously coming as an outsider into also also new country and not knowing anyone it was super beneficial for my end but it did take three years so I think if you know what you want to do and can get yourself an internship somewhere skip the uni Mm. But if you don't, I would definitely recommend studying it.
3: And you you did loads of work experience before you got to AWOL as well. So you were working at a marketing agency and then you worked in, um, as an artist manager. What was it about those roles that you enjoyed and kind of you've taken into the role that you have now? Because obviously you're working at a label within the marketing team. So you're working directly with artists. So I imagine having had that artist management experience, you can kind of, you know, have very clear conversations with managers get where they're coming from get what they want for their clients
4: I would say like that experience was definitely very beneficial but it was a completely different side of the industry it was for classical music so it was a management company for classical musicians not necessarily artists per se so it was more about obviously landing them kind of jobs and doing different things like that so I'm not sure if I got too much out of that specific job into the role at AWOL it was definitely a really good insight just into kind of what it takes, I guess, to be a manager for a different genre artist. But I think some of the kind of key things I took from some of the job, I think the, the one summer when I did quite a lot of live stuff, um, that kind of showed me a really good insight into the work ethic and what it takes to kind of, what it takes to to like, to like be in the music industry, very long hours, and just learning kind of, I guess, the which you can learn in any job, really, but just like the kind of client facing type of like person you need to be in the music industry and and as I said also like how much work you have to put into it and how hard you need to work and also how you like you need to actually take some chances and and dare to try stuff yourself which I think that summer for me did so much that was my second year of uni and then before I got to AWOL I worked for a smaller kind of uh, marketing and management company and that was definitely like a really really good insight Before I entered into AWOL and kind of got me the first step into the marketing world insight into kind of a a very much of a smaller company and how they operate. And then, then when I got into AWOL, which to be fair, almost four years ago was definitely not where it is today, but it, it did just kind of give me some insight and some experience that I could take on to the AWOL job that. Maybe if I'd started out a major, I wouldn't have had to kind of done half the stuff that I would learned, like the digital marketing and and the kind of all the different like angles of it that not necessarily every job in the marketing industry do, but at smaller up-and-coming um, companies, you kind of have to do everything.
3: I, I get it. Like working at a smaller company, you firstly learn about how the business is run, but then you also have to do all of these other things. So it is a really good introduction into like, what other people might do in their jobs if you then go into a much bigger company and you said in your Music Week Rising Star interview last year that you feel so lucky to be working at a company AWOL um, that shares your values tell us more about what these values are and what you tend to look for in a workplace
4: I think yeah one of the some of the key values that I always thought was was so amazing when I applied for AWOL but it's something I've kind of I guess, learn over the years. It actually started with my mum. I think it was like even before 2010, you know when people were still illegally downloading music? Yeah. My mum refused to illegally download. She was like, I will pay for it on iTunes. And so she gave me like her logins and we paid for all the music that we listened to. And that for me, I guess, was the introduction of why sh- we should pay the artists for the amazing music they create. It's not fair to them that they're not being paid for, for the hard work. So then when I kind of got into the music industry and started learning a little bit more about, I guess, the the not so um glamorous sense to it and, and kind of the way that a lot of artists unfortunately are treated within a lot of companies, going into a company like AWOL, where where the values are, we work for the artists, they don't work for us. And just like the royalty split and, and all the kind of benefits that the artists get from working with us, as in the last say is always with the artists, it's not with us. And I think for me the the aspect of just that that the artist decides is the most important thing. So even it's still interesting, even today when I've worked here for four years. I work we work with certain creative teams or say press teams or radio teams and they'll they'll like ask me, they'll be like, so what should we do here? And I always have to just go back and say it's up to the artist. Like I have to wait and hear what the artist said. I can't make this decision for them. And some of them still question it and it's probably because they haven't worked with a lot of companies that have this approach. It would be very strange for me if I ever kind of move on to another company where they don't have those values and the artist doesn't have the last say and sometimes the label take the the harder decisions and just go with it for what they think is the best for the artist, which sometimes, to be honest, is probably right. But it is in my career. I guess my prime value is this is their art. I'm working for them and therefore I want to listen to what they want to do. And yeah, I think those are the things that are most important for me value-wise in the kind of work sense. But then also at Able, there's a lot of talk about us having a very uh, harsh interview process. Uh, me, myself went through, I think, five or six interviews. Oh, wow.
3: No, I, I actually haven't heard that. Obviously, like the Amazons and the Apples and like, they all have a very, very tight and yeah, grilling kind of style of interview, um, but I pro- like... Fair enough. If a company does that, it means that they're finding a specific person. That is definitely something you
4: feel, and I think everyone talks about when they work at AWOL, is everyone's there for the same reason. Like, we all want to be there. It it kind of also just makes this really, really tight community within the company. And obviously now AWOL's moving on to Sony, but previously being under the umbrella of Cobalt, I have countless of friends within Cobalt that I'll go for any advice or conversations and there isn't any kind of rivalry yeah we work as a team and that is also one of the things I really enjoy working at AWOL is the marketing team work as one team we ask each other for ideas we share ideas and we're not kind of precious about it and I think that's what makes us all better marketers and also makes it a really great company.
1: Yeah,
3: absolutely. What does a typical day look like for you? So we've talked about you work very much as a team in a marketing team, and then you work very closely with the artists. When you're creating a marketing campaign, who are the people that you go to first? And what is the process of creating and delivering that marketing campaign?
4: I think first step is them delivering the music that they want to release if that's a single if that's an epu an album and then the next steps are speak to management speak to the artist get an idea of what is this song about what do you want to achieve what are your goals and objectives for this track And, and kind of where do you see this going creatively and then from there we obviously then kind of work in inside as a team to kind of put lay down a plan of everything from kind of Obviously the artist has goals and objectives and we put together our goals and objectives for that specific campaign. As I said, it could be, depending what the artist is, as I'd say, say like an artist like Kim Petra's, mm. we would put together a full marketing campaign for one single. Then you can lay down a very big campaign in that sense. But then other artists that isn't that kind of single led, primarily non-pop act, you then lay down like a fuller kind of EP or album timeline. That could be anything from, three to 12 to 18 months. Then you obviously internally as well as speak to the A&R behind the project to kind of get their insights on it and work closely with them. Speak with legal to kind of get the overall understanding of what is the deal, what is kind of, what are, what are we going to get delivered and everything in that sense. Um, from there as well, you kind of speak to obviously the core team. So at AWOL, we have a US, a UK and international lead for each artist pretty much. Uh, Again, bit depending on um, the size of the artist and and where they're located and also kind of what the, again, what the objectives and goals are. If the goal is to really work to kind of build them within the US, you might not always necessarily bring on a UK, and international marketer right away. But if an artist, you may be working with a bit more established artists who already have a bigger fan base internationally, you'll obviously then bring in them. They'll bring in the teams locally within different areas, kind of get everyone on board to kind of again just relay back the story behind the projects and what our collective goals objectives are. And then from there, it's really just about planning out when everything needs to be delivered music wise, artwork wise, speaking to the release management team within AWOL to get everything sorted for them. Then that goes through operations, which is obviously a huge, huge part of release management and operations. I think the two teams within uh a label that might not get spoken about as much the same as client the client team but those are literally the backbones they're the ones that get everything sorted get all the legal stuff done properly so all royalties will be collected get it delivered on time and and all the back-end stuff that i think people that don't actually work in labels know happens if it wasn't for the client team the artists wouldn't get paid so it's very like important obviously important aspect of it then you'd put together a budget, so there'll obviously be an amount that is directed to that project, and then you'll break that down. It all kind of goes back to the, the goals and objectives, and you have to break down how much you're going to allocate for each territory. Say if the objective is to have a really strong creative campaign, you might want to allocate a little bit extra to creating artwork, uh, music videos, all other kind of creative marketing uh, initiatives. And then, yeah, then you go into obviously working closely with the audience marketer team to kind of break out who is the current audiences of this artist, what are we trying to achieve? Is the goal to grow their fan base? Is the goal to re-engage with maybe lapsed fans if they're an artist been away for a few years? So work really closely with them to build out that, that side of the plan. And then you work really closely with, um, at AWOL, they're called the GCP team. Uh, which is the team that we at uh, global partnership team, which works really closely with all the DSPs around the world. So mm-hmm. obviously speaking very uh, closely with them, make sure they have all the information they need, any decks, any kind of presentation, their little briefs, and anything that can help them speak about the track and the artists in the best way possible to land us the most opportunities with playlisting and, and, and partnership opportunities for the artists in different markets. So that's the internal part. Um And then obviously then you go to the external part of it, again, is to make sure that management is up to date on everything that we're obviously planning within the team. Then making sure that them obviously update the artists if there are any concerns, reflect on that and obviously edit anything accordingly. And then again, depending on who the artist is, what level they're at and what you're trying to achieve, hire a PR team, a radio team sometimes a TV team, certain artists, you'll get like a a digital consultant on board. Not all artists, of course, they like being on social media. So a lot of times it's good to have a social media consultant on board to help them drive and operate their socials. Then also sometimes either you'll bring on different creative teams for say each single within an album, or you can bring on a creative team for the whole album. That is also a lot of work to navigate between the managers and artists, making sure that all the creatives are kind of panned out in the way that the artists see fit and then in a normal pre-covid world having conversations with the agents are quite important as well to make sure that obviously just navigate any live shows accordingly that it fits within the marketing plan and vice versa and then also distribution teams if you're doing any physical vinyl, cd stuff like that to uh, make sure again that they're up to date with anything and then there's tons of other external teams you can work with as well uh, for different things so so if you're doing an outdoor campaign, you'll, you'll have to chat with an outdoor advertising campaign. So there's a lot of people <laughs> and that's kind of the role. <laughs> I'm just like, when I was writing this down yesterday, I was like, oh my God, I speak to a lot of people in day to day. But that is marketing manager or a project manager's role is to navigate that and to kind of build out the plan. And then, as I said, navigate, make sure everyone has all the information they need. To just continue on driving the project forward and kind of reach the goals that the the artist and yourself has kind of put for that project,
3: so if we're talking about the skills and experiences that you need to be um a really strong marketeer i I hear that one of them is definitely multitasking, being organized, <laughs> talking to a million people, and being a people person. Yeah. anything
4: else you might add <laughs> to that list <laughs> Oh God, no, this is literally it. I think that is the key thing of a marketeer. You speak to so many people every day. And a lot of times, unfortunately, you're just the middleman. And all you do is have that conversation with this person, copy it, send it to that person. What should we do? Go back to that person. And that's literally your job sometimes. And it's not all glamorous. It is so exciting and so fun to see when you're doing this, how it develops and what it turns into. And at certain stages of a campaign, yes, it can just literally be stressful and just be quiet like you really literally want to pull your hair out because you're like why can't all these pieces just fit together exactly how I want them to because there's always someone that has different opinion or there's always something goes wrong and you have to fix that so it can be a lot but the exciting thing is as I said like say once a track is out and you see the excitement of the fans you see the excitement from press or radio and 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 kind of see the movement of a song it's worth it in a sense if that makes sense because you know that all the hard work yeah all the hard work you've done results to something um and that's kind of the exciting of the campaign I think yeah
3: and everything that you do contributes to the development of that artist's career as well and then you're working really closely with them so they're very much aligned with what you're doing which is again something that's quite unique to the setup at AWOL.
4: yeah I definitely would say so I think one one comment that um, a colleague of mine made oh, maybe two or three years ago now and it, it'll never it'll never escape me is always going to stick for better or worse. It is the fact that we deal with people's dreams. That's beautiful. It's beautiful, but it's also quite terrifying if you think of it, because it's like if we mess up, and I think that's also where a lot of people within a marketing team puts a lot of pressure on themselves and and as I said it could be a very very stressful job is because you know that you're not working a product like I'm not trying to sell this remote like I'm trying to sell someone's dream something that they might have dreamt of since they were five they wanted to become an artist and they wanted to make a living of it and, and it's your job to do as well as you can to achieve their dreams and that can be quite overwhelming at times, but
3: it is also what is re- rewarding of it. Knowing what you do about breaking into the music industry now and particularly in marketing, what advice would you give your younger self with moving into this area? Don't stress so much with uni. Just don't. You're
4: going to work the rest of your life. Enjoy uni and and yes, obviously if you if your goal is like mine to do like get it first then do it, but have fun and you'll soon be grown enough and like actually have a job. So enjoy being a student. And then I also note it down, just take each experience for what it is. If it's good or if it's bad, you'll learn something from it. And that could be as simple as I said, like being a runner at a music video shoot might've been really shit for those 12 hours you were doing it. But there's so much from that that you will take with you for the rest of your career. And you can kind of Use at certain point. So remember back to it. Also, just continue working as hard as you do. Um, but also remember to enjoy yourself. You ran a really good promo week for an artist coming over from the US. So it was absolutely stressful. And you woke up at 5 a.m. with like stressing out because you thought you'd forgotten something. Be proud of what you achieved in that week. And I think, it's, I think that's so important. For any job really It's just to like being Yeah just be proud of yourself You work really hard It's nine to six job It's not It's not just Doing nothing Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, And it's
3: not always nine to six (laughs) (laughs) That's why I put nine to six You know it's like nine to five I was like that's not a thing Talking of proud moments And kind of looking into the future Is there one artist That you would absolutely Love to work with? You know what in the past I could have said
4: so many artists to you I would say I'd love to have an insight into the Billie Eilish campaign I think yeah I, I again I'm not sure how involved I would have wanted to be because I might have also started resenting it because it's probably a lot of work but I would have that is probably the artist at the moment I'd love to just like even just be a fly on the wall and just see how it all pans out and how they all um, operate and 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 also kind of what, what she's like as well as, as kind of a person, as an artist, I think would be very interesting. But no, I'll stay, I'll, stay, um, I'll stay away from naming one artist at the moment. But.
3: What is the one thing that you've learned in your career that you would want listeners to take away? I did have three things. If you want to say three things, you can say
4: three. I would say work hard, be respectful, but also stand up for yourself. The last one I think is very important, but it kind of goes in very easily with the respect thing because if you are new in the industry, you need to remember that you are fresh in the industry, but you should also stand up for yourself. I've had situations where we're in a smaller team and I've come up with a, an idea and it's been brought back to the bigger team and I don't get the credit for the idea um, because, I was a, what, 21-year-old marketer, like, assistant. And I learned that quite quickly of stand up for yourself and take what is yours. Like, you should be allowed to say, by the way, that was my idea. Because that's the only way you will develop within the industry. If you're, I hate the term of being a shark in the music industry, but sometimes you actually do have to just make sure to speak a little bit louder, just so people can actually know that you're the one behind the different things. Because it's such a competitive industry that if you don't claim the cred that you deserve, there isn't always a chance that someone's going to give it to you, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, it's true.
4: A lot of people will, but a lot of people won't either, so...
3: Do you think that's a gender thing as well, or is it an all thing? I Yeah, I definitely... I definitely do think it is I, I try to kind of have like I don't think I should be treated
4: differently because I'm a woman I don't think I shouldn't be heard as much because I'm a woman but that's also probably why I speak up because that's what I think is my position with the company but there definitely still is unfortunately a lot of it is people who's been around the industry for a very long time but then also some new people as well I think there definitely still is the gender thing mm. and especially um I would say that to any female listeners when it comes to salary and promotion I had an amazing mentor when I was an assistant from a different company and she really pushed me to understand what my value was within my team and what I kind of deserved and that helped encourage me to have those maybe uncomfortable conversations that you don't always want to have with your boss because you're like I'm so grateful that I'm here, I'm so grateful to have a job, it's like everyone could take my job and whatever but she kind of gave me that confidence of like yes that is all true but you also do a really good job, you're allowed to ask
3: for what you think you deserve. From your manager do you think that's some of the best advice that anyone has ever given you?
4: Yeah she like she definitely gave me like some of the most, I'll, I'll give her a shout out, Helen Kennedy. She definitely really, really helped me. But then also just other managers like I've had as well. Um, within my team, I've had two managers um, who've both been incredible of the different advice they've given me and, and just support and just fighting for you. I think that's so important to have managers that will, as I said, when that mentor helped me, like Build my confidence to to have those conversations. Mm. My then manager literally backed me up at any time, and she continued the conversations afterwards and pushed the senior management to give to get me what I deserved. And then now my newest manager, he also just kind of. I said that one of my goals is to be one of the best female marketers, and he was like, "No, you should be one of the best marketers generally. Like it shouldn't be
3: based on gender." Oh yes, I love that. But but that's like us putting ourselves in a box as well. Which is not something, yeah, it's like marketeer, not female, not male, just a marketeer.
4: Yeah. So no, I'll definitely say like having two amazing managers over the last four years and an amazing mentor has definitely helped build my confidence and and help push me to do better and and yeah, just kind of try and reach for what I, I want to
3: do really. So if listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? um i guess
4: the easiest way to contact me is through linkedin
3: that was awesome the mellow compass podcast is produced by the wonderful rosie bennett to keep updated on the latest episodes hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time